My name is Nancy Dushan with the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas, and uh, this is the Wisdom Seeker Sunday School. And um, the title of my lesson this morning is called Spiritually Bewitched. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, readers on here too. Um, we're hearing thunder here. Uh, the verse that I'm going to read first wasn't actually part of my lesson planning, but I read it earlier in the week, and um, it kind of stuck with me all week, so I thought I would include it, and it really does uh, lead into what I wanted to talk about, but the, the verse, and I do have it on your, your handout, the verse is Joel chapter 3, verse 14, and it says, multitudes multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the lord is near in the valley of decision and we all for some time have recognized that our nation right now is in the valley of decision and but the thing that is so grievous to my heart is uh, the fact that many christians are being and have been drawn away and they're going the way of the world and uh, so that being said that'll take us into what I had actually prepared for and we're going to be looking at Galatians 3 and I don't know why but I didn't put all of Galatians on the teaching sheet uh, or the handout so if you want to turn to Galatians 3 in your Bibles um, you're welcome to do that if you just want to follow along that way um, but this is one of Paul's epistles, and it's not directed to the church or, or churches of a single city, but it's to the churches of a country or province. And uh, that province or that country is called Galatia. And as I was reading this chapter, I could see a parallel between Galatia and our own nation. And in this chapter, the Apostle Paul first reproves uh, the Galatians for allowing themselves to be drawn away from the faith of the gospel and then <clears throat> later on he endeavors by the evidence of the truth to prove the doctrine that he had preached to them um, the Galatians had embraced the faith of Christ and now were seeking for justification by works of the law and they depended upon their own obedience to the moral precepts as their righteousness before God. And he says to them in uh, Galatians 3.1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath evidently set, before, or set forth crucified among you? Um, you know, it's just prevalent in, in the world today that, um, that, that this is taking place, that there, there is, it's a spiritual thing that's taking place, and, and people are being bewitched and, um, and not obeying the truth of the word, and they're turning from it. And um, this word bewitched means, uh, first of all, to slander, uh, or to bring evil on a person by feigned praise or mis mislead by an evil eye and so to charm to appeal allure attract it also is associated with the word fascinate 
and it's also used figuratively in this particular verse um, as leading others away into evil doctrine and Paul represents the Galatians as enchanted by the arts and snares of their seducing teachers and he also represents them as being so far deluded that they act very unlike themselves which we've witnessed in you know among among our own uh, in the network uh, we've seen people listen to teachers um, that have led them off the path and and these ones they're not themselves anymore they're they're listening and believing what they're hearing and so they they're drawn away into an evil doctrine um, the Galatians did not obey the truth they did not adhere to the gospel way of justification as Paul had taught them and which they had professed to embrace um, so it's not enough just to know the truth or to say that we believe the truth, but we must obey the truth and submit ourselves wholly to it and stand steadfastly abiding in it. We've got a wide class here. <laughs> um, so for a long time, we've watched as our nation has subtly been lured away from its Christian principles and uh, through various means, um, sometimes through music, you know, you listen to some music, you think it's innocent, and but a lot of times there's a, an underlying uh, message, and that gets into our spirits, and um, so we're, you know, we're, it's a subtle leading away, and um, and we've become a nation where anything goes and any religion goes and um, some folks who uh, used to follow the truth of the gospel have become so deluded that they don't even act like the persons that they once were when they were following the truth um, those who are spiritually bewitched are those that when truth is plainly set before them they will not obey it they choose rather to obey false teachings and subsequently are led away from the truth and so um, I the whole point of this today is for for us even though we're all following the truth we believe the truth and we're still following the truth um, we still have to guard ourselves and um, lest we become bewitched by some false teaching or something that hears that sounds partially good, but it's but it's not fully truth. Um, we have to guard ourselves from that because you know none of us are exempt from that possibility of falling away. So we must um, guard ourselves and stay in close communion with the Father, so that we are not let off. The, the path of truth the Galatians had had the doctrine of the cross preached to them and the the sacrament of the Lord's Supper administered among them and they had been shown the way of righteousness and now and now they did not obey the truth that had been preached to them and Peter said in 2nd Peter 2 21 
For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. So even back then, and as we see in Galatians and in Peter, even at that time, seducing teachers and false prophets attempted to, to bring destructive errors and heresies. And I guess it's safe to say that um, in all ages of the churches, throughout the, the generations, uh, there have been those who were sent to seduce and deceive, and their business is to bring destruction and a leading away from the truth. Now, I did give us the entire, are you guys on the handout, I did give the entire passage in Second Peter, because I wanted, um, I'd like for us to read that. It, it's 21 verses, but they'll go quickly. <clears throat> So beginning in 2 Peter 2, verse 1. Actually, we won't read the entire. We'll skip a few verses. But um, verse 1 says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. Do we not see this today? We see Christians who are denying the Lord. And it, it, it's, a, it's a grievous thing. And, um, it it kind of goes along with, the, well, 221. Um, you wonder sometimes the, the trial of Jesus, because he could, he could see what people were doing after he left. And not only during his ministry, but he could see it after his death and resurrection. And it's, uh, it's it can be damaging to your faith. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, it wasn't his, but yet the trial was there. And, and, uh, When you think about how hard you've tried, and there is there you don't see a success as a result, it's discouraging yeah. uh, to have tried your best to move someone in the spirit or to nurture them in the way of the Lord, and then for some reason if you're not there anymore, you see that they've fallen away. Um, you can see that with children in the church mm -hmm. even and the parents worry about what happens when I die and they don't have me to, to talk to them reason with them and it's scary and it's discouraging and verse 221 I think addresses that mm -hmm. um, because <clears throat> If you, uh, if 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 we look at what Christ had done and and what happened when people were without Christ, what did they do? And how discouraging that could be. And yet, when He was gone, the Holy Ghost was present. Mm -hmm. 
And we forget sometimes that when we are gone, the Holy Ghost is present. And people pray for their families their whole lives and die, sometimes in great discouragement, forgetting that <clears throat> the Holy Ghost is present. And the Holy Ghost is uh, continuing to work with them and was the one who was doing the work all along. Not just when you were alive, but all along, the whole time. That's so true because I, I think about that a lot because I was, I was blessed to have parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles who prayed for all of us. And, you know, you think about those who were not so fortunate to have that type of role in their in their lives and or maybe did have one a grandmother or something who prayed for them but when that grandmother's gone you think about you know well that poor kid now what are they going to do but you know like you said the holy spirit yeah. is with them and, and, and we can forget that god has promised to honor those prayers yes that's that's true too okay In verse 2, <clears throat> And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of the way of truth. I missed my punctuation there. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And again, we hear um, today, we hear good being called evil and evil being called good. We hear that in, in the news a lot. And um, so that's another that was going on back in Peter's day, and it's going on today. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 10. Uh, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. We've heard that in the news in the past few months, or over the past year, actually. Um, there's so much disrespect for authority, and you look at entire cities who are um, are just rising up against the government and against the leadership of their city presumptuous are they self-willed they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities again we see we hear that in the news and we see um, that taking place in our country <clears throat> whereas angels which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil things, evil of the things they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, they that count it pleasure to ride in the daytime. Again, we see that today. We see that today, but we've seen it uh, in greater ways over this past year. It's just been really, you know, in the in the forefront of, of the news. Um, <clears throat> Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, 
cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of, of unrighteousness. <clears throat> and then skipping down to verse 17. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with the tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. And then we already read <coughs> verse 21, but I'll just read it. Again, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known, known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. And, you know, these are sobering words. And um, we would all do well just to uh, keep them in the, in the backs of our minds so that we are constantly, or to keep our, our hearts constant, constantly before the Lord uh, so that we don't, we're not put in a position uh, for this to, to occur in our own lives. <clears throat> but this, um, this bewitching, is, it's a strong spiritual influence and still some are drawn away from the truth and I mean, you can just, I, I think about things I've seen in the news, and um, you, can, you can almost see a bewitching taking place. And um, because it's almost an un uncontrollable uh, thing that people are doing. They're, they're just not thinking, or they're you know they're they're just going the way of whatever and it's a bewitching influence that that needs to be broken over our nation and um, I guess that's all I'll say about that um, <clears throat> Paul appealed to the experience experiences that the Galatians had had of the working of the spirit within them, which was proof of the truth of Christianity and its doctrine. He reminded them that upon becoming Christians, they had received the spirit, and had, and many had been partakers of the miraculous gifts of the spirit. And he further reminded them that they had not only embraced the Christian doctrine, but they had suffered for it. And then I just listed a few of the um, the things that Paul spoke to to prove the doctrine doctrine that he had preached to them. Um,
he had reproved them for not obeying the truth in the few verses and in the next few verses uh, he proves the doctrine which he had reproved them from rejecting and the first uh, thing he said to them he mentioned Abraham Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and Abraham was justified by faith it was through faith in the promise of God that Abraham was blessed and it is the only and it is only in the same way that we obtain this privilege so he reminds them of Abraham he also reminded them in um, I think it was verse 11 that the just shall live by faith he refers to what it says in Habakkuk 2 4 the just shall live by faith to show that only those are just or righteous who do truly live by faith and then uh, in verse 13 Paul tells them that Christ had redeemed them from the curse of the law because he had been made the curse for them then he reminds them of the covenant with Abraham he tells them in, in the next few verses of the stability of the covenant that God made with Abraham and his seed which was not disannulled by the giving of the law to Moses Abraham was justified by faith and faith was faith has precedence over the law God's covenant with Abraham and his seed is firm and steady and then they go on to ask him well why was the law given and he um, he tells them that it was give, given because of our transgressions and so for the Galatians this is going to wrap up really quickly for the Galatians their error had to do with how justification came was it by faith or by the law and in our nation today the way to the father is being challenged and questioned and some are erring by believing false teachers who are leading them away from the truth there is only one way to the father and that is through Jesus Christ our Lord and then in finally in Matthew uh, 24 he warns us in verse 24 for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect and so the whole point of just going over this today was just to remind us because this is the choir and it's just to remind us that we have to be on guard we have to guard who we are we have to guard our identity in Christ and um, who he's called us to be and um, not let any opposing influences from the world affect who we are and affect our relationship with the Lord we have to stay in that close commune with the Father so that we hear his voice and 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 his voice only and know we have to know who's speaking we have to be so close to the Father that that we know when it's him speaking or, or if it's or, or not and so um, that really concludes what I had to share I'll welcome any comments Monica? I have a couple things um, first of all 
I think it's been like talk about being sobering to see some of our own be deceived. <laughs> and this morning I was as I was I was praying and just sitting with the Lord and he reminded me <clears throat> to about the parable that Jesus taught when he was talking about the woman that went before the unjust judge that because of her persistence in prayer he he answered her prayer and that that whole story has always just kind of mystified me but you know Jesus said that we must pray and faint not and I pulled it up this morning and I looked and that faint not, the faint is epikakos. And it really was just almost just because we know kakos is, is the New Testament raw. It's, it's really the influence of this world, the corruption of this world. It's like that crusting over that keeps that free flow of his pure spirit from flowing. And the reality that, that Jesus was saying, first of all, he was telling me, because we're all just so inundated with the news and what's happening, and we don't want to give up on righteousness and what we believe to be the righteous rule of the Lord and, and what we know that the Lord has said. And so what is our responsibility? Well, Jesus said in that parable, you pray. You, are, you be so persistent. You do not give up, but you have to pray so that you don't become crusted over, so that you don't become like that corrupt influence, you know, the, the twisted purpose. And the, to me, that's just so sobering. We have to pray. We have got to, we have to pray. That is our calling. We have to do that. Yeah, and, you know, our seminar, if my people, you know, and, and I've, I've said to the Lord recently, you know, because of the, of still not having a decision on our, our president, um, I've said to the Lord, Lord, we, we, we humbled ourselves, we prayed, we continue to pray, and, you know, I, I, I just find myself begging him, and, but, you know, no matter what, he's still in control. But yes, we still we still need to pray. We have to always pray for righteousness. And um, but you know, like I said, sometimes I find myself just kind of like, Lord, <gasps> please help. <laughs> but um, but you know, no matter what happens, he is in control, and he. He knows the beginning from the end, and um, we just have to stay close to him and and follow him and be obedient to what he tells us to do. You know, it, it's interesting because this, anytime there's a, a thing that, an unprecedented thing that goes on, um, those that are, you know, people react differently. A lot of people are in self-preservation mode. You know, a lot of people are, uh, you know, just 
trying to figure out how to keep themselves safe. And, and there's an element of necessity to that, but in the midst of any kind of thing that's ever impacted our nation, there are also those who can analytically look at what's going on and think proactively as to what opportunity it provides for them. And great fortunes have been made because of that kind of rationale and forward creative thinking. Uh, and I think spiritually, you know, I, I fully agree with everything that's been said here today. And um, I, I know that we, we're frustrated um, because we see things that are happening that we, we see the things that the scriptures say are happening. As, as much as when we would just read them cold without having just an evidence of it happening around us, we, we would look at it and think that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But now to see it happening, you just, you're just aghast at how, how, you know, what, what is this? So I've been praying the past few days is that what we can do as saints as sons, as representatives of our Father, to hear the way of escape, but but to hear the proactive things that can be, that can be done. And um, I know that the Lord's going to care for us. He is. He has cared for us. He is caring for us. But we need to we need to be ready for the myriad number of scriptures that talk about those that escape this. For those who were in the middle of it, that God is turning their hearts and they, they're coming out. And what what we need to do based upon scripture to bring a, a, an element of cleansing to them and reintegration or perhaps um, um, indoctrination into what they've not been understanding to this point. That That's one thing. Um, and, I, and I think there's enough scripture that tells about how, not only how to cleanse, but how to get people to repent specifically according to scripture so that they can be cleansed. I also think that and I, had, I had lunch this past week with a, with a dear friend of mine who, I don't have very many of those, uh, but this guy was trained uh, in the higher levels of Baptist thinking. You know, he graduated from Southwestern Theological. He's going to be a minister. So there's that framework. And, you know, God's given us the same age, you know, we, we talk about things. But he's saying, I was stunned. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't unprepared, but I was stunned. He's saying, you know, we, there's a lot of spiritual warfare that's going on here. And he said, you can see how darkness is trying to take over this country and, and the world. And, you know, he's just going down the line, almost laying out, well, he basically was laying out um, an opportunity for me to speak Pneumatikos principles, which five years ago, there's no way they would you know, there's, there's no way they would have been. 
But now there's a hunger. You know, I mentioned Kelly was talking to someone who is in a similar boat, with a similar background. So that's also an opportunity. And and I think, you know, the dead in Christ rise first, you know. But I think those that are that are nearly dead out of our former movement um, are going to wake up and say, you know what, playing general church stuff is not bringing the answer here. You know, there's something further, something deeper that we have maybe balked at, but we've got to open our minds into the things that aren't into the 16 fundamental truths and see what does the scripture say that we need to be applying right because it's evident in front of us. We can't ignore it. We can't just sit in the pews. It's hard to even sit in the pews now. We've been restricted from that in so many places. But we've got to have an answer, and it's something more than what we've made ourselves willing to see. And, you know, I, I, think, I think we need to be prepared for those eventualities and begin to pray into them because those are opportunities that the Spirit is making ready for us. It's kind of like, you know, yesterday, you know, it was posted, and thank you, Monica, for posting that, that the, uh, the second semester of the Brazilian pastor's teaching was, was done. And uh, there's a hunger there. And they're, they're not just taking it, they go, oh, this is, this is good teaching, you know. This is, this is marching orders. I mean, this is something that they're saying we've got to do. And, you know, uh, Pastor Luciano, who's been really our contact point, said at the very end, you know, our people are doing this, and God is opening lots of doors for me to be able to go into other churches and teach this, and they're receiving it open. And what are we talking about? What, what, what have we talked about thus far? We talked about prayer in the first semester, deep measures leading Second semester was where we stand. How we stand in the cross. How we stand in the gap. Yesterday, how we function in Arteria. What does God say about that? You know, Mark taught a little bit of that this past Sunday. Mm -hmm. And um, the next semester is probably going to be about our individual calling as saints. Our individual calling is, is soon came on. You know, those individual identities, our titheme identities. And it's basically building the framework for an entire continent that um, is, uh, is hungry. And that is laying a template to be then crossed over into Europe and into Africa. We've gotten a lot of words recently from India from people who somehow the teachings over the years that Ratna translated and that these hundreds of pastors that watched our initial saint school, those 80 hours of teaching, those, those people now are saying we need more. So I, I'm just thinking that, you know, it's obvious that God is doing something here. He's not ignorant to our prayers. And, you know, this is one of those things where I think uh, what Daniel said, the enemy, it looks like he's overcoming the saints, mm -hmm. but it only looks that way. And um, uh, 
we're not we're not led by what we see with our natural eye. And I, I know that everything God's promised is going to be. So we we almost have to say, okay, we're waiting. We're waiting on God for what He's promised. But in the meantime, we're looking at this analytically, and we are trying to figure out what mighty opportunities, creative things, is God providing for us that we need to prepare for and utilize in this time. Because there are a lot of opportunities. You know, people are scared. People are bewildered. Uh, Christians wondering, you know, like a lot of these, uh, I don't know to say denominations, but a lot of people really rally to say, you know, we're, we're going to vote this way. We're going to pray. We're going to have a abortion limited and all these things. And then all of a sudden, the election is screwed. Well, what do you do then? I mean, if your works, which were good works, don't seem to have netted the result you believe God wanted, what do you do then? And it's, it's creating an opportunity for the deeper things of God because they're saying, you know, somehow our best laid plans are, there's a hunger that there's something more, maybe something we miss. But see, with us, we have that same thing. You know, we're, hung, we're full, but we are hungry. And what are we hungry for? We're hungry for these opportunities that God invention, you know? Necessity is the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are as Pneumonicos people, and we need to lay claim to that and ask the Spirit, what doors have you ordained to be open because of this? And how do we prepare that food for that? You know, how, how, do, how do we position ourselves? So we're trying. But I think that that's, those are some things additionally that the Lord is wanting to do. Then in another, in another vein, and I know, I, I know sometimes I get in trouble for speaking these kinds of things because people hear it and are confused. But there are a lot of ways that the enemy is moving right now, that ways that he's reserved for this time. And we're hearing from a lot of seers in South America that there are things that the enemy is doing and saying right now that is really um, a view toward what he feels is coming and what he's positioning himself and how he's how he's indoctrinating his army. And uh, I don't worry about that, but I remember early on when we first started and the Spirit of the Lord was moving, we were all overwhelmed by the Spirit. And there was that honeymoon of God pouring out. And, and that needed to be to make some of us come alongside. Mm -hmm. But there were also those that were, you know, being... I don't say approached, but that was what happened by the enemy. And things that were said, and things that were 
manifested to people in this house that then they reported. You know, we don't build doctrines on that, but that also gave us insight into how we prepare because the enemy's prideful. If, one, if there's one thing, he's boastful. And um, there's a lot of that going on across the world right now. Mm -hmm. And to hear things, it's just almost unimaginable some of the things that particularly one source is reported. And I have to warn. I say, okay, this is deception. Don't go there. Stay out of this. But I guess what I'm saying is um, we are in a, an amazing time frame. And there are opportunities to serve our Father and to learn and to gain Anytime the enemy says something, if we believe what happened in the in the in the wilderness temptation, there is an insight from the scripture that will take us deeper. That's true. And so that's what Jesus did. Satan says it is written. And Jesus said it is written, and a deeper concept, the New Testament concept of those old scriptures was manifested. And I, I'm ready for, for getting those responses from the Word. And it, it will help us. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, I, I went on because I didn't have time. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, particularly in our young people, in our young people, and, and I'll just name Noah, is, you know, we had a conversation last week when I was there, and he is, it's like there's been a shift in him towards the foundational truths of the word. So much so that it, first of all, I know it's his heritage, but second of all, it's like that shift is so prevalent and I know that it's God because he's so hungry to understand the word, the scripture. And, and he said to me, he said, I don't want anything that I do to be based on, only on experience. And I think about these young people who are just like, plowing through in faith and they're so open in the spirit and so free and it's been such a beautiful thing to witness but now I see the Lord begin to hone them in and and really um, galvanize them and centered on the word not that they ever were weren't but it's just interesting the progression that I've seen him take them down and so um, I'm very thankful for that but what I also see, and I even actually saw this in the, in the media this week, which I think is very interesting because I think that there's almost like a clash coming in the church between, you know, the diehard fundamentalist and the radical charismatic movement, you know, and the, just the experience driven, I guess I could call it. But what I saw in the media, and I just read it and I was just so astounded because there's a lot of apology, uh, apolog I can never say that word. Apologetics. Um, very respected that are coming against, you mentioned music. They are coming against the worship of two of the, the most mainstream worship outlets that we have today. I'm not even going to mention who they are. You know. And, and coming against their lyrics, saying... They are not scripturally bound. I mean, coming hard after them. 
And, and so I, I saw that and I, I started reading through the comments just to see what people, how people would respond. And it was like half and half. Mm -hmm. Half were defending, half were saying, you know, you're so right. And so I, it's, 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 it grieves my spirit, but at the same time I just feel the Lord almost bringing a demand on the church to, um, to be grounded mm -hmm. on truth. And, and not that experience is not, I mean, we all love the experiences that we've had in the spirit. Oh my gosh, I'm so thankful for those encounters, but I'm be of and beyond, be, be of and, above, above, above and beyond. beyond. Uh, sorry, I've had way too much sinus medicine. Um, I'm so thankful for the revelation and the truth that we are grounded in. Mm -hmm because that is what is keeping us and that is what will keep us from wavering mm -hmm. and uh, but you know I just see this happening and that's great yeah. and it's like it's really and pastor mentioned that you know in the beginning it was it was a lot of experiences that we had but what we did what pastor did and how he led us whatever experiences were taking place he looked for it in the Word, or the Lord showed it to him in the Word. It wasn't that we just accepted everything that, you know, we were feeling or whatever. It had to be backed up by the Word. And I appreciate, you know, that for our house, because that has kept us on the path, the narrow path of the Lord. And um, a lot of churches can't say that. And... Um, and it's good to hear that our very own has recognized. Of course, he grew up in it. And, you know, but it, it's good to hear him say, it, it coming from him, that, okay, this has got to, we've got to have the foundational, we have to have the word to back everything that we're doing. I mean, that's wisdom for, you know, a young man. Ourselves because 
we think we can't fall, it's that, at that moment that we will fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as we stay humble and before the Lord, I mean, His Spirit is going to empower us and continue to lead us in the path of righteousness. But I, I know we've got to be ready. I mean, the, the heresies that we're, we've seen are only the beginning of Imagine as gross darkness continues to cover the earth and the people. And imagine what's going to come out of that darkness. Yeah. And, um, but Treasures. also, as Pastor alluded to, you know, we need to focus on you know, the opportunities that are being afforded to us. Mm-hmm. And I know he's mentioned to you and, and you know, all of us that we just need to be ready and lift up our eyes. Because the fields are still white on the hearts. Mm-hmm. It's just how we think. And we cannot allow the evil forces nor the gross darkness to penetrate our thinking so much. So and I believe we'll, I, we, we know it's there. It's kind of like I was trying to describe the last time I was teaching. For me, it's like we walked through that darkness many, many months ago. And God let us feel it, and He let it get into our thinking, so we could process it in advance for what was going to be manifested. So even though we're in it, we're not being affected by it like we were many, many months ago. What I'm trying to say. Yeah. And for that, I can say at this point, I'm grateful. At that point back then, I was like, "Oh man, this is going to. I hate this. Get me out of it. Where's the escape at?" Um, so, you know, we, our, our motivation, he's, he's planted that deep inside us. It's not to make somebody feel like they're the scum of the earth or condemn people, but it's out of the heart of the agape that's within us that we don't want them to be drawn away in the swift destruction. Yeah. We want them to come into the truth. We want them to obey the truth. But they have a choice. But we have, we're, we're, gonna, we're operating in the midst of false prophets, false teaching, animal heresies that are being released. And the Lord's, he's, he's equipped us to be able to stand and withstand under these types of environments. And, and that that's so true. And, and like Pastor was saying, you know, in the midst of it all, we need to look for those opportunities and in the Word to, to release whatever the Lord puts on our heart to to um, to change our nation and, 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 and if you read, keep reading here I mean it, it says he delivered just Lot mm-hmm. he, he, he was mixed with filthy conversation of the wicked I mean if he can do that I mean he, he's gonna I mean it didn't say he, he he delivered the masses or I mean but there's there's specific ones that he's he's pulling out of the fire you know and mm-hmm. bringing them back. I bet we've all been believing that for a long time, but we don't know who exactly that's going to be. You can't go, uh, I'm, I'm naming it and claiming it and clapping and grabbing it. Oh, this person over here, you're coming out. We're going to pull you. No, no, no. We can't do that. We just, as it happens, we, he wants us to recognize it and then join in what he's trying to accomplish in that person. And, and you know, it... it Everything happens for a reason, and the, you know, the Lord has to have allowed us to get 
to where we are in our nation today to cause people to look up and to recognize that we have a need of the Lord and um, yeah, and Tammy. I'd like to follow up on what Mark was talking about. I have noticed of late that Dennis and I have been given multiple opportunities to speak to people in the neighborhood uh, that we have a casual acquaintance with and um, we don't know their religious background but uh, you can see that they recognize that there's deception and uh, false prophets, false teachers, and the control of the media. And <clears throat> they will ask us questions like, um, what do you think about COVID? Or do you think we should be immunized soon, you know, when it's all approved? And uh, then from like family who are Christian, uh, we're also getting a lot of questions like that. Um, of course, we talk to them differently because we have a background of faith. But uh, I think we've both been praying that God would give us that uh, word of wisdom to release to them. And it's kind of like what you were talking about, Mark. And so we recognize that these opportunities, these doors are opening for us. And so we're prayerfully trying to ask God for that target word. Because, you know, sometimes you think, well, you know, next time I walk around the block, I'll see him again. Not necessarily. So you have to seize the opportunity. And um, Mark, I was also looking at that scripture that you referenced about Lot. And, um, you know, they call, you know, we have a, we've studied the Bible so much, we have this history about Lot. We know all about Lot, you know, from beginning to end. You know, we know the story on Lot. But look how he's described here, just like Mark was saying, that he's just, he's just, meaning that he was really consciously trying to observe all the divine laws and to follow God's will for his life and for his family. That's basically, you know, what we're saying here. But he was vexed in his soul every day about all these unlawful deeds that were happening all around him. And um, I can't say that I can use the word vexed for my situation because, you know, you're almost tortured. Uh, I don't think I want it to torture me. I think I, I try to rein that back. But I have a lot of frustration when I uh, watch television, uh, when I interact. Uh, let me give you just an example. I teach students ESL. And uh, they're, they're not beginners. They're like intermediate and advanced. But, and there are all these different religions, but I can see that they're grasping for the truth. And so it's really hard. I mean, I, I relate to them, I explain to them, but it's really hard to kind of take that spiritual pathway because, you know, there are all kinds of uh, religions or no religion at all. And so, you know, you gotta speak to the group. But I can see that they're, they're trying to pull from me truth. They're, they're wanting to know what is truth and what is not truth? What's the error here? And, um, I, and I thank God for that opportunity, but sometimes it's very challenging for me to, to find that. And of course, you know, I'm talking to him, but I'm praying and saying, Lord, you know, what do I need to say to this group of people that I'm, you know, with on Zoom? Um, one thing that was kind of shaking me, though, was verse 9. 
it says that the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and I've always embraced that, and I know that. And, um, and so that gives me confidence in the things that I do and say. But what's scary here is that last part, uh, to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. We know that's going to happen. It is a fact, and it's, it's scary. And so I, 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 it kind of grounds me down, and it has me tend to be kind of sober about it. And so when I, like, for example, address that group, I have to think of that moment as very important that they're asking me these questions because that may not happen again. And I don't know their spiritual condition. Mm -hmm. And I do not want to see them standing before God on the day of judgment and being told, you know, that, you know, he does not help them. And where is where is where are they going, obviously, to without the damnation. But I don't want that to happen. So I try not to let fear or political correctness, uh, any of those things deter it, or even the enemy trying to, you know, deceive me. And um, I, I, um, I, I feel that very strongly on me right now, and I feel it on my husband. I see that even on Friday when we were interacting with a lot of moms and small children, that we were given opportunities to really try to speak the word and not really quoting scriptures to these people, but speaking it in a very practical way to them, which brought them truth and it also brought them light. So that's kind of what I was gleaning for myself today from what you brought forth, which I thought was very important that we hear and be reminded of, because we don't really talk much about being spiritually uh, bewitched, but boy, that's very descriptive. Thank you, everybody, for your comments and for your attentiveness. And I believe it's now time to conclude. So.